Welcome to Memory Lane, the Bad Songwriter Podcast. I'm your host, Anna. On this podcast, we join our favorite songwriters as they delve into the past and dredge up some of the very first and very worst old songs and recordings to talk about. Today, we have Andy Moholt with us. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Happy to be here. I'm glad to have you here. Um, Andy does various musical projects right now, uh, but started out writing songs a long time ago. When did you start writing songs? I started writing songs when I was in fourth grade. That is a long time ago. <laughs> um, but it was on a, my dad had gotten me as a very nice Christmas gift, a um, very basic old like 90s Yamaha keyboard, but it had a four track recorder built into it. Mm-hmm. So that's when I started writing songs was on there. Um, just making like little, basically MIDI. I think it, it could only do like 30 seconds. So yeah that's, that's great yeah um do you remember like why you started writing songs what what it was um so my uncle so my middle name is Balaj, which mm-hmm. is a hungarian name uh, my family's from budapest in hungary and my uncle the only other person who was a musician in my family ever was my uncle who died before i was born and i always heard you know stories about him always wondered what he was like and there was a guitar that was his guitar that was sitting in the closet um, of my living room growing up, and I always would look at it and be like, wow, I wonder what Balazs was like, and that, I think, drew me to it. Um, but no, so cool. yeah, it's interesting. I still wonder what it, I, I'm like, What if we played music together, what would it have been like, you know? Yeah. Alternate reality, me as in a band with my uncle. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I don't know if that's why I was drawn to it. My, my father would also play piano with me he there was a piano in his house growing up and we would sing songs together he was a very musical person but never formally trained or anything he would sing in choirs or something so um i'm not sure if there was like a real impetus for me as a child like i need to get these ideas down kind of thing it was more just like fascination and curiosity Mm mm-hmm so the first few things you wrote were like 30 second MIDI things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still remember a couple of them. Really? Yeah. That, that's great. Did, I was very influenced by Mario music, so it kind oh, of sounded like that. who wasn't? <laughs> uh, that's great. Do you, did you like name them? Do you remember any of the names of them or anything like that? I'm embarrassed about this name, but yeah, there was, <laughs> there was, one, there was one that in retrospect had like basically power chords in the whole thing and it uh-huh. sounded very bad but it was called it was called shattered sky <laughs> that's beautiful <laughs> beautiful um <laughs> so so after that uh was there a point where you started writing like more full songs yeah but that wasn't until i was much older mm-hmm. um my sister dated a guy who played guitar and he taught me some guitar chords when i was 16 or something uh-huh. that's when i started playing guitar i played violin in elementary school so i played a lot of classical oh, music cool. and stuff like that that was my first real instrument but um yeah I started writing real s- songs that had structure and lyrics and stuff around that time um but didn't really start taking it seriously until 2005 or something mm-hmm. which is when the songs you sent me and we're about to listen to are from yes well I think some of them are 2005 some of them are 2006 but... cool um, so we can start off with one of these. Uh, is there any particular one that you that you want to listen to? Sure. Um, <laughs> we can start with Christmas and Gin if you want. I mentioned this to you earlier, but I had um, 
a band around this time. That was the first time I ever went on a tour. Mm-hmm. Booked the tour via MySpace.com. Ooh, beautiful. <laughs> um, but so I, these are before that band. That's why I kind of wanted to show, like, when I was still in my very, very formulative process. So that's that's what this song is. Great. Uh, do you remember at all? I'm going to start playing it. Yeah, sure, so we sure. Can, we can give it a little listen. Okay. Uh, I don't remember what the song was actually about. I think maybe just about the nostalgia of Christmas time kind of thing. Right. Did you did you drink a lot of gin? No. <laughs> I had some idea of this like person who was an alcoholic. My father was an alcoholic, but I don't think this song was about him. <laughs> I mentioned this to you before too, but this is an ovation guitar DI'd through a very bad interface. You can hear it like clipping in uh-huh. the right channel during the song. I was listening to this last night. Let's just live. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's very deep, you know. So deep. Such wisdom. You can just tell that I really liked Death Cab for Cutie at this time. Oh, 100%. I, I was hear super that. into that band. Yeah. I mean, hey, they're still good. I, I fell off after, you know, this era, but right. but I was, I was into it. Yeah, there is some weird time signature stuff in here. I was definitely trying to do that stuff even when I first started writing songs. Yeah, yeah. It's a... These other two songs you sent too are from the same era. Was that yeah, one of the so first ones? Yeah, so actually the one that I sent that's called Needles and Peanut Butter mm-hmm. was also for, a great name. Thanks uh, for a friend's project um, at Columbia. Actually, I realized because I went to school in Chicago, and a f- uh, person who lived on my floor needed a instrumental song for a mm-hmm. for a project, and I, that's why I made that. Um, great. Well, why so, don't we give that a little listen? Sure, sure. So that was. 2005, 2006, because that was the year that I lived here. Mm. Was this re- recorded by the same process? Definitely. <laughs> yeah, all I had at that point was the, the program Cakewalk on an, I think it was a Dell computer. Mm-hmm. But this one sounds a little better than the other one. Yeah. I don't know what I did differently. after I had already been playing seriously for a while and I took lessons from this jazz dude that ended up being kind of very pretentious. Yeah. He, I learned, he taught me all the modes and mm-hmm. stuff like that, which I promptly stopped paying attention to because I write modally all the time, but I don't like thinking about music that way. It's just a little s- stuffy. 
for me. But um, it was good to take those lessons for sure. But no, the, the first, st- everything I learned on violin was just from friends. I mean, everything I learned on guitar rather was just from friends um, around that time. So. That's great. Yeah, I, I, I started on piano. Oh, cool. And I taught myself guitar in college and just sort of like learned some tips and tricks from friends, but never took formal guitar lessons. And yeah, I've always been the kind of person who learns more by ear and by feel. It's, so I can appreciate that. I, I'm more of that school of thought because I think that you end up coming up with your own style in that way. Yeah. I, I took vocal lessons for a little while too and, and piano lessons. And those were all for like a month or two each, but the vocal teachers were always trying to get me to sing like I was an opera singer or something. <laughs> I don't really want to be like, like you know? Why not? So, uh, It'd be great. Could be a cool genre. Yeah, to that's delve into. what you should pivot to next. Yeah. Well, that was beautiful. Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, so this last song here is called Seagulls in the Suburbs. Yeah. It's because I saw a seagull. I grew in the up suburbs? In the, I grew up in the Philadelphia suburbs, and I saw a seagull. I was like, you don't belong here. Like, <laughs> we're nowhere near the beach. But then I wrote this maybe misguided song about, you know, people who are out of place in their own area. Like, it was it was a very misguided metaphor. But um, but I, re- I recorded this song in Budapest, actually, when I was with my family. So uh-huh. can, I, like... I don't. I didn't have a USB mic at that time. I didn't have it. I think I was recording with a computer microphone that I found in my grandmother's drawer. So it sounds wow. like really lo-fi. <laughs> and then there's like sounds of the street. Like there's like a dog barking and stuff that I just like put in there. I'm like, oh, it'll be cool. It'll be a cool demo. But this was my. I was trying to write a song, and I think some of it's in seven four. Uh-huh. This is when I was trying to push myself a little to be weirder, but still, it's still pretty normy in my opinion. Well, let's give it a listen. All right. title name drop right at the start. Getting the point across. Yeah. Anyway, you get the idea of the song, but there's there's some, an instrumental part that comes up. Like, in these early songs, I'm... I'm definitely embarrassed by them, but then there's mm-hmm. parts where I'm like, oh, I see what I was going for there, you know? Totally. That's the thing I've been talking to uh, with other songwriters as I've been doing these, like, live bad songwriter shows. Um, oh, cool. That must be fun to do live. Oh, it is. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and it's been it's been great, too, especially for a lot of the Chicago musicians who I've been seeing play music in various projects for years um, to, like, sort of go back and see where they started as songwriters is very funny. Um, this is the instrumental section that I, that I oh. actually kind of like. It's like kind of like Elliot Smithy a little bit. And then this is like this is I, I had a vision of like this being like a big. If there was a full band, everything would get big. Oh yeah.
Uh, here's the big turnaround too. This is, I was obsessed with the, the chromatic turnaround. Oh yeah. Didn't see that chord coming. No, never. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. This is great. Thanks. I can hear the Elliot Smith. Um, but I that just... is a thing that uh, a lot of other songwriters are saying too when they've been revisiting their old stuff they're like I am embarrassed by this I don't like the lyrics whatever but like there's this one part that I could totally revisit someday or like maybe I could take this little piece of the old song and like turn it into something that I would play now yeah Um, and you don't really like think about that unless you're going back and actually playing the old songs which I don't really tend to do that's what I think is very interesting about your idea for this podcast and this project is because it's forcing artists to uh examine their actual you know roots where yeah. they're coming from like i was just in nashville recording with my friend eric slick and mm-hmm. sean thompson who is playing guitar great guitar player but he, his roots are like in the metal world right and we were talking about that a little bit because my roots are definitely as you can hear not <laughs> but it's kind of interesting how where you come from informs your ideas and oh yeah you know totally um yeah, like I grew up listening to a lot of contemporary Christian music and hymns, which I think has like made its way into my music in ways. A lot of musical theater, which has also made its its way into my music. I and, did theater also. That's what I went to yeah. school for in Chicago. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I got cast in a lot of musicals, although I didn't really like most musicals. That's why I stopped <laughs> doing theater, because I was musical and I was I could act. So they right. cast me in tons of musicals, and I'm like, I really like. Little Shop of Horrors. So good. I really like You're in Town. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Um, Rocky Horror is great. Right. But, like, I can't get into, like, the whole... Dah, 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 dah. Like, it's, like, a little too corny Yeah. for me. No offense to anyone who's listening to this who loves musical theater. <laughs> but. I'm sure everyone can understand. What was your favorite part that you did? Or what was, like... Who were you cast as in, in some productions? Um... I'm like I did like the importance of being earnest, uh-huh. and I was the lead. What I, I don't think his name is Ernest, but I forget. I haven't. Oh, I don't. Yeah, it's been too long. I learned like so many lines of dialogue for that. I was, uh, I did a version of the Frog Prince where I was the Frog Prince at like a local theater. <laughs> um, I don't know. I was in a play called Fuddy Mirrors that is like a very strange. Um, it's not a musical. It's a it's a comedy, but I played uh-huh. a I played a pothead, but it was before I ever smoked weed. So, and I was going to smoke weed as research for the role. And then my friend was like, don't do it, Andy. It's not worth it. So I didn't do it. Didn't do it. Which was a mistake because there were parts where I was like, I had to like pretend to smoke weed and act high. In the original production, it was um, Mark McKinney from Kids in the Hall, who's that part, which I'm sure was Uh great. It's a great play, but um, yeah, I don't know. What was my favorite role? I don't don't really know. That's okay. Yeah. (laughs) You've moved beyond it. I do miss acting sometimes, but... Yeah, I, I do a little bit, too. Um, I don't really have time. Like, when you're trying to play musical. Exactly. Time. Well, that was the... Th- I mean, like, I didn't go to... I went to school for creative writing. I didn't go to school for theater. I always loved doing it. Do you still write? Um, oh, yeah. Cool. Oh, yeah. I write poetry and essay-type things and obviously songs. I like short stories. I write some short stories. Oh, really? I Those can be nice. It's hard to do. It's hard to write short. It's hard to make something actually happen and then wrap it up nicely i really like ray bradbury's short stories his are amazing like super amazing 
Um, but yeah, that was what I found is when I got to Chicago for a while, I thought I like was sort of looking at auditions and thinking about getting into it, but it was like either that or I'd be in bands, mm -hmm. you know, they happen at the same time they happen in the evening. So if I was in a production, I really just don't think I would be able to like maintain being in a band That's and a like, lot. you know, then if you, if you do a show and you're doing that for like four to six months and you don't play at all, then it feels a little like starting from square one mm -hmm. to like get back into the scene. And it just felt like I had to make a choice and so I went I went with music me too right after these songs that we just listened to is when I went on tour for the first time my, uh -huh. my MySpace tour and uh, <laughs> that was when I was like whoa this is what I want to do for the rest of my life absolutely and now you're doing it well <laughs> more or less more you're or doing less. it yeah. no I'm just saying you know it's been a it's been an interesting decade but I feel yeah. I feel very lucky to have you know be able to do you know anything in this world so, oh yeah um what was i gonna say just about that tour <laughs> it was definitely a learning experience yeah How, so you booked it through my where did you go um we did like philadelphia to i don't think we played chicago on the tour but we went to ohio and then we went down through the south a little like um we played knoxville tennessee for some reason hmm. Um, yeah, it, 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 in retrospect, it was like a 10 day tour, but it felt like forever to me at the time. Oh, for sure. And That's really long. Well, for, for the first like, tour. For the first tour, yeah. yeah. We also had a very traumatic experience, which is the first day we were driving to Pittsburgh and a, we hit a deer. And then <gasps> oh, had to, no. We had a, played the Pittsburgh show, then drove back and got a different van and then went back on the tour. We were like determined to go on the tour. Oh my God. It's what a crazy. way to start. Yeah. That's my first touring experience. <laughs> Um, but I think the reason why I was, I had, I realized that when I was younger, I don't know if you feel this way at all, but when I was younger acting, I think I used it as a way of escaping myself. Oh, and the thing sure. I like about music is that it's just you. It's like, and you can, you know, do the Ray Davies thing and write as a character if you really want to, but I like that it's just you. It's you and yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think like the thing that has always been big for me that I've connected to with listening to other people's music is like I want to feel what they're feeling I want to like mm -hmm. connect to them like being vulnerable in the moment you know and like and so that's like what I wanted to share cool as well which is like terrifying when I first started playing music yeah, it was the most really terrifying thing in the world it's still terrifying I um, played a couple really scary shows in Chicago yeah yeah when I, I mean in 2005 when mm -hmm. I was going to school here but it was I remember I played some it must have been like an open mic night or something in the South Loop and I covered a Shin song and did it poorly and you know it's like terrifying <laughs> yeah but yeah it really is well why don't you talk a little bit about your songwriting now oh sure um well I have a band called Laser Background and then it's I have a band good. called Coffee also um, very good thank you uh you know I definitely feel that my songwriting has been evolving over time um the songwriting club that you and I are both part of that my friend Nick Yobet, who plays in coffee started, he plays in another awesome band called Dignity and he's got his own band called you bet. That's awesome too. But he started this song a week songwriting club that has been so good for me. I've done it for 19 weeks straight and I've done it every week except the one week when I also hit a deer yeah, on my way to Chicago. That's right. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. 
I guess, do you have any questions about where I'm at with my songwriting now? Or? Well, I mean, is some of it collaborative? Do you feel like your way of songwriting has changed? I feel like my way of songwriting has changed, and I feel like every time I play with other people, um, it informs, not necessarily my songwriting, but it informs, it like helps me, gr- it helps me grow. Yes. When I yeah. learn someone else's brain, so to speak. That's so exactly how I feel. I love playing with other people for that reason. Um, some of it is collaborative. Laser background is mostly just me and myself, mm-hmm. but Julian, who I play with, um, Julian Fader, who I play with in coffee and then Carlos Hernandez, who is his, um, bandmate from Ava Luna, great band who I worked with them a lot with laser background. So it's been, um, and also Michael Chadwick. Um, I, it's slightly collaborative when we're recording because I'll be like, Hey, I have an idea for this part. What do you think? And then they'll be like this kind of synth sound or this kind of thing can happen here. So I let them in on the process a little bit when we're actually making a record. Um, coffee is definitely a bona fide collaboration, which is great. I haven't found too many of those in my uh, in my life. So whenever I find that with someone, with like another songwriter, um, I, I cherish those situations. But yeah. Um, yeah, and I've had a few other projects here and there, but those are the ones that are the most active. So I like collaborating with people. Um, Michael Chadwick, who I just mentioned, he is an awesome musician. He's got a band called Plum Professional, mm-hmm. and uh, he played on the last couple Wise Blood records. But um, we had a band called The Armchairs that was also collaborative that I did for a few years after that first touring experience, and that was a, a, a very good learning experience for me because it taught me how to, you know, actually function in a band setting, yes. and all that stuff. So, but yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I love songwriting and I'm excited. I have this project studio in Philadelphia now that I built out and that's where I've been working out of mostly and it's 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 very very exciting to me still. I, I, I like that um, it's something that I've been lucky enough in, to, to do pretty regularly and um, do on a more serious level, but that I'm still like, ex- I get like giddy still, you know? Oh yeah. I'm like, oh, oh, I'm gonna go write a song, it's fun. Me too, especially when you're like writing a song and you're really feeling it and you're like, this is like, this is, this is a good one. Like and this is one I definitely want to work on. Sometimes you're like, this is a good one. And you go back and listen and you're like, eh, and you're it's like, okay. it's not, yeah. <laughs> this is a fine one. Uh, I think that's something that it's, I'm definitely embraced is that I'm not afraid to, uh, kill my babies, so to speak. Like, yes. It, or, or, or leave a song on the shelf forever. I have one song that I've been writing for 10 years. That is crazy. I, maybe I'll never release it. Yeah. It's like a, almost like a prog song, and I feel like I don't know what project it would be for. <laughs> it's got like ten parts. One one that doesn't exist yet. Maybe a new one. Maybe it could be like a one-off thing. I might just never use it. I have a yeah. couple other songs that I wrote that are nice, but they're like a little jazzy or something, and I wrote them like probably twenty ten, and mm-hmm. I still play them sometimes because they're nice. But I'm like. Will I ever use that? I don't know. Probably not. Right. Yeah, I have like I have this chorus of a song I've been sitting on for probably like five years, and I've just never figured out like the right structure around it. But so. that's one of the reasons why starting a project with a friend is fun. Like with coffee, there's a couple mm-hmm. riffs where I'm like, I showed Julian a riff. I'm like, I wrote this in 2012, what? and he was like, Oh, what if you do this? And then then it became a new thing, you know? So yeah. It can be kind of fun. Totally. So what are some things that are inspiring you right now? What's some music you've been listening to lately, bands you're really into? Good question. Let me think about that for a second. Nothing. 
don't listen <laughs> to music. No, <laughs> you only listen to yourself. I listen to my own music and podcasts only. No, um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of something that I got into. Oh, um, Sadie showed me Marika Hackman. Have you ever heard oh, of that? That album is so good. It's really good. Um, and then I'm trying to think of what has really captured me recently. I got into this band from 2010 from Boston called Big Bear. That is really cool. Hmm. Um, recently. I mean, I have like, you know, old standbys that I listen to all the time. Like people who influenced me back in the day. Like, like what? I got really into Sid Barrett and mm-hmm. really into the kinks, really into the Velvet Underground, that kind of stuff. That was back in like, those were very formative years for me. Like after all this time we were just talking about with these songs that we listened to because uh-huh. I hadn't gotten into any of that stuff yet when I wrote these songs but then when I first moved to Philadelphia 2008 I had a you know huge delve into that era of music oh also Brian Eno yeah like the first four Brian Eno records so influential to me I love that shit so much I'm definitely going for that with laser background sometimes um but again I don't know like it's not that often lately that I hear something that I'm like, yes, this is the greatest thing. Yeah. But there's a lot of friends that I have that I think are really talented. I actually still have to listen to um, the Hex, the new Hex record. Yeah. They sent it to me, and I'm like, I have to listen to it. I'm excited. But um, I love that band. They're great. I love Justin's new record. Me too. It's really good. <laughs> Jay Fernandez is awesome. Yeah, really, really good stuff. Oh, the band that we played with, um, who's also on Joyful Noise, Speedy Ortiz played with Ohm. I am like obsessed with Ohm. They're Ohm are amazing. Like next level yes. incredible. And very nice humans. Yes. They're just so all around good. Yes. They're on tour with Glenn Hansard right now. Oh, which cool. made my little younger heart like scream. <laughs> I'm not familiar with Glenn Hansard. Um, he was in this band The Frames and then that um did that movie once oh yeah and there was that song falling slowly yes, and yes, stuff yes, like yes. so that's him gotcha yeah. cool so back at, back when like once came out i was very obsessed with that movie and his music and so when i saw they were opening for him i was like oh very Glenn cool Hansard. <laughs> um yeah i am um, i'm trying to think of other music that i've heard lately that i've been like completely floored by that's like new for me uh kate lebon's oh kate record LeBon's awesome was awesome saw her play at pitchfork and it was like transcendent cool yeah kate lebon is amazing yes so good um yeah i don't know if i think of anything else that's been capturing me lately that was a lot (laughs) i feel like i feel like you said a lot of things cool (laughs) um well is there anything coming up that you want to plug talk about this is probably not coming out for a few weeks, so sure. maybe not shows, but like... Well, I could mention the um, Laser Background is playing at The Hideout. Yeah. Uh, October 23rd with Izzy True and Watery Follies, who is... I've known this guy. Do you know David Laniel at all? Mm-mm. He lived at Situations, but he oh, okay. used to have a band called Bird Names, and they were awesome. They played at my old warehouse space, The Ox, in Philadelphia, and it's just one of those people that I've known for a very long time. Yeah. Kind of like Justin. I've known Justin for a long time too. But uh, 
but this is his new project that he's been talking about for a long time and I'm very excited to uh, check it out cool um, yeah that's well I'll be there and plug. all of you should be there too <laughs> awesome well thank you so much for coming on the podcast thank you so much for uh, asking me yeah for sure it was illuminating yeah uh, cool. And I hope that it was fun for you to listen to these old tracks. Yes, very interesting. I recommend that every artist goes back and revisits their earliest work. It's Yeah, it's me a, too. It's a trip. <laughs> <laughs> it is. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. on Instagram at bad songwriter and on Twitter at bad underscore songwriter. If you enjoyed, please rate, review, and subscribe. That helps us out a lot. You can check out Andy's projects Laser Background, Coffee, and Speedy Ortiz. We'll be adding them to our Spotify playlist along with the other band recommendations that we talked about in the episode. We'll post the link on our accounts so you can find that. And just to note that the sound on today's episode isn't amazing because we ran into some technical difficulties, but it will be better next time. So thanks for bearing with us. Bye.